everyone to another episode of the Hector Mike Experience, Common Sense in an Uncommon World. And Mike, this this week uh, just got a, just got a lot crazier with the um, with the elections. You know, everyone's starting to gear up. Everyone's kind of working right now. Uh, we've got a primary election, at least in California and in other many other places. Super Tuesday that's happening in March. Things are kind of moved up. You've got a lot of other states that have primaries that are even closer than that. But I think the big news is just, the, well, the big news is dominating most of the press right now is the Colorado Supreme Court and their decision to knock Donald Trump off of their primary uh, after the ba- off of the ballot. Um, what the hell's going on, Mike? I know you've been in conference calls, you've been in discussions uh, regarding this. So, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, well, remember Colorado was the first state to legalize marijuana. So you start there, and then it all might make sense. well the supreme court in colorado um, apparently has a very unique uh interpretation and and it's it was a four to three decision by the way um but they have a unique interpretation of of um uh, an insurrection and so their argument is that because of what happened on january 6th um there was uh they considered that the president uh, participating in a quote-unquote insurrection and according to the Constitution that would disqualify him from being on the ballot. So it was, as I think well put by the state Supreme Court Justice, as what the Colorado Supreme Court did was it was a four to three decision and what the majority said was that by his participation in the January 6th events that occurred, um, they considered that an insurrection. And as a result of that, according to the Constitution, um, that he is not eligible to run for president. Uh, What's interesting is that there's two, to say a reach is probably a a polite word for it, in, in their decision because even the Supreme, the, the uh, head of the Colorado State, State Supreme Court, who was in the minority opinion, wrote that they were, that it was an overreach in what they were doing in determining what is the definition of an insurrection, as well as defining his role if it was an insurrection. So it's, it's an extraordinarily weak case. What it does do is it it will encourage other states to continue to try their efforts. I know Minnesota tried and failed. A couple of other states tried and failed uh, to have him removed from the ballot. Uh, I mean, the actual effect of it is there will be an appeal. I would imagine it'll be a, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a predictor of the courts. Brady is a predictor of the courts. Um, <laughs> but I think what will happen is that um, it will be, you know, obviously it will be appealed to the Supreme Court, and I think the Supreme Court will overturn the Colorado decision. That's the legal part of it. The practical, political part of it is that it's Christmas in Trump world. Um, you know, the ability to raise money off of this through the roof, at least a couple of million. A lot of that in small dollar donors. Um, I mean, so big windfall there big windfall in terms of dominating what the message is, Um, big windfall in terms of, you know, you see all of the other candidates kind of coalescing 
saying it's the wrong thing to do. And, and by the way, I think everybody is right in that sense. If the voters don't want Donald Trump to be president, then they should vote to not have Donald Trump be president. It's that simple. It should not be a court that decides that, especially since all that's happened so far has been indictments, no trials, no convictions. Well, and, 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 and let, let's let's go into that, Mike, because I know, and we've talked about this before, but for anyone who's kind of listening to this for the first time, there's there's a difference, an indictment, right? It sounds it sounds so damning when you say an, someone's been indicted. It seems as though they've already been found guilty of something, but in reality, an indictment is just an accusation. It's an accusation that has been made. And it is an accusation that has only been brought forth by just one side, which is right. the, the, the prosecution. And that's it. The defense isn't in the room. They're not allowed to cross-examine. They're not allowed to even question any of the information they brought forth. I, and, and I know you, you've sat in a grand jury. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, what, what is an indictment for, these, for, these peop- for, for people listening and watching this? It's, it's exactly what you said. It is not... And it is, it, you know, first of all, there's the, the constitutional thing. A person is innocent until proven guilty. Okay. Now, guilt, there's guilty in terms of the law and there's guilty in terms of the court of public opinion. But an indictment itself is where the prosecution, usually a federal or state entity, court, uh, law enforcement agency comes forward and provides an accusation with some facts um, related to it that people sitting on a grand jury have to decide by a margin, not unanimous, not even close to unanimous, um, have to decide like there's 22 people on a, on a grand jury and I think it's 16 have to approve to indict. It is a one-sided presentation. Um, things like, you know, you would ordinarily ask or in the court course of a, a jury trial, like how did you acquire that evidence? or what makes you say that? What makes you think that? What what evidence do you have? None of that comes into play. It is simply a presentation of, here's what the law says, here's what we think happened, um, and whether that evidence was acquired legally, illegally, none of that matters in terms of your vote. Um, that is irrelevant to what your job is as a grand juror. That is up to an actual jury that happens during the course of a trial. So the common phrase is that you can indict a ham sandwich. Um, And so, you know, that's kind of the way they do it. As it relates to Colorado, again, number one, they assume that what they, what, that legally, again, we're not talking public perception. There is, they're making the assumption that legally what happened was January 6th. Okay, now, first of all, there's a legal standard that has to be met to define it as an insurrection, not a public opinion thing. You know, people have different opinions of it, but a legal standard that has to be met. That's number one. Number two, somehow they have to prove that the president participated in this insurrection. And, you know, really, with what the evidence has been presented is that, you know, they're saying that his speech on January 6th is what created the insurrection that they have not proven legally existed. So again, I I go back to the premise of um, what you have here is a political court 
you know, because remember, a lot of these state Supreme Courts, I mean, we know it here in California, you know, I know back home in Rhode Island and other places, these are, these are people that are appointed by governors for the most part. I don't know states that have election. Well, yeah, they do. Wisconsin, Pennsylvania have elections for state Supreme Court. But many states, they're, they're chosen by the governors. Um, so this is a political body um, that has come forward and said this. And again, I don't know legally, um, I don't know how it's going to stand up. I don't think it is going to stand up. I just know right now, today in December of 2023, less than a month before the Iowa primaries, uh, a month away from the New Hampshire, I mean the Iowa caucuses, a month away from the uh, primary in New Hampshire, um, and two months ahead of, well, three months ahead uh, of the Super Tuesday primaries, this now takes over the conversation. And that does nothing but help Donald Trump. That does nothing but help him raise money. That help does nothing but help him become another another victim of weaponization of government, this time at the state level. And it does nothing but hurt someone like Nikki Haley, who is kind of picking up a little momentum um, in terms of people paying attention to her. Now it all shifts to this thing and the argument to it. It, it really is government interference in the political process. Well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in this particular in this particular situation, it's not like Donald Trump had an opportunity to go and testify, right? No, or, of course not. Or, get, or or hold or be on the no stand, one. or no, or, no be, or, or or even his his uh, his own side to say, hey, here's the evidence we're presenting to you showing that we weren't involved or we weren't, you know, we shouldn't be found guilty of this. There was there was no trial held right. on this. It was it was basically the Supreme Court just saying. Okay, well, based on the information we've seen, based on what we've read, um, this amounts to it. Right. As opposed well, to holding some sort of trial to find guilt or innocence on it. Right. That's absolutely correct. He he would not have, and none of his battery of lawyers would have, um, no one from the White House would have, no one even who is you know probably going to testify in the Georgia case would have. It's simply a case of them looking and saying, based on what we saw on January 6th, we believe that raised to a level of insurrection. Based on what we saw um, in his speech, that involved him in the insurrection. And because the law states that if you're involved in an insurrection, you, you're not qualified to run for president, we're drawing the conclusion that he shouldn't be on the ballot. I, I mean, mean, it's like, it's I like said, okay. Go ahead. And it's crazy. I mean, if you go into these minority, I mean, you know, that's a fear of most minorities out there. It's like, I look a certain way, I'm wearing a hoodie, I'm walking down a certain street, I must be guilty of something. And mm -hmm. I and, and I know, and, and this is kind of, the, it's, it's, it's tangented to it, where it's, it's, you, because of a certain speech he made, because of what I've read, because things seem to be aligned, all of a sudden he's guilty on it. And look, and, and we've been very critical of Donald Trump in this particular, uh, in our particular podcast and our discussions here. We've talked about other candidates, but I mean, it, it, this is just absurdity in it. I mean, it, I mean, how the ACLU or all these other groups that are that are out there trying to, you know, trying to defend minorities, trying to defend other folks that um, that get accused of something, and yet all of a sudden are deemed as though they're guilty of something without even going to trial. I mean, this, these are the fights that um, 
that all these groups do on bail. They say, look, you've been accused of something. You haven't been convicted of it. So why do you even have bail, you know, set on you, which comes with the cost? Their, their argument is they should just be let free until they are found guilty or there is enough evidence being presented that there, that there is some sort of guilt toward it. And so yet all that particular group is silent on it, but they're in favor of what's happening here. And it's, it seems contradictory. And at the same time, I mean, you're, you're right, Mike. This is lending a lot of fuel over not just to Donald Trump and his fundraising, but I think it's also lending a lot of fuel over to minority groups that we're seeing more Hispanics taking the side of Donald Trump and saying, yeah, I don't think that this is fair what's happening because if we've seen it happen into in our minority communities and now it's right. happening to this guy and this guy's rich. Right. Well, that and that's part of his argument, by the way, is this weaponization of government to use it to advance an agenda. And in this case, the agenda is to not have him on the ballot um, is something if they're going to do that to someone who's got an unlimited bank account and all of the lawyers he could you could ever want, what the hell chance do you have? Especially if you're a minority, what chance do you if they can do that to him? What chance do you have as a minority? I mean, that that is absolutely one of his arguments in this is that yeah, they're targeting him. There's no doubt about that. Um, and, you know, the, there's case, cases that are pending that will go to trial, and that's the way it should be. But right. with the, the point is, on something like this, they're presuming guilt. The court is presuming guilt. The court is presuming evidence that, there is, that shows that this was an insurrection according to the law. They're assuming that he participated in this insurrection, again, according to the law, not public opinion. And, you know, as a result, they've decided, okay, he's off the ballot. I mean, if they can railroad somebody like that, who has the money, the clout, the power, the name, and everything else that Donald Trump has, what chance do you, uh, as an ordinary person, without the bank account, without the connections, without the lawyer, what chance do you have? And that's part of his that's part of his communication strategy is is to paint that picture because it connects him as crazy as it sounds. It connects him with folks like that, um, because now if they can go after him, they can go after them. Uh, yeah, it's a know, working class I, folks. But, I, but, it, but it also goes into and maybe maybe this is uh, going a little too far in it. But which I mean, shit, if, if you and I are running for office and I don't like you can and I happen to be higher up in, in office and my buddies, the uh, attorney general, can they bring something to go indict you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, and well, is that I'm, not, I'm, from, is that, I'm from Rhode Island. If you do that, I, I gain five points in the polls. You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> so I mean, you know, you got to keep this in perspective here. Uh, it's like, oh, he's OK. You got indicted. Um, but you're absolutely right. I mean, it becomes a political tactic the same way you use direct mail. Right. right. It, it's a political tactic that, that gets used. And the courts are supposed to be above that. And that's why you look at it and you say, you know, what Colorado, what the, the, the Supreme Court, the four justices in Colorado did was completely, you know, in a, in a world where it is upside down, they've completely gone off the deep end because it, it is just such a reach and such a stretch um, that, you know, I don't see any way it holds up. 
all it does is it interferes with the political process. So yeah. we're talking about, and from, I think what, what aggravates people too, by the way, <clears throat> is that we're not talking about you and me now. We're not talking about the guy that goes and pays five bucks plus for gas. We're not talking about the people that have to work three jobs to pay their rent. We're not talking about the fact that a young couple gets married and can't afford a house because of the interest rates. We're not talking about you know, the cost of goods coming in or the trade imbalance that we have with China. We're not talking about open borders. We're talking about a rich guy who's getting hosed by a Supreme Court from Colorado. And there are other things for us that are more important that we want to hear our candidates talk about. Um, and so I think that's, that's another frustration that people have. It's pretty transparent what's, what's happening, and I think people will react badly to it. Yeah, I, so what, what happens next? Uh, is it the, it, does it go to the Supreme Court automatically, or do they, do they have to petition? What, what's, what's the next steps? I, the, I think the next step is that the campaign will file um, to have it taken up by the Supreme Court. I think what happens legally in the system, um, not being a lawyer, not staying at a Holiday Inn last night, but I think legally, like each Supreme Court judge has a particular region that they oversee for lower, for cases that come up before it gets to the Supreme Court. So whoever's in that particular area of Colorado on the Supreme Court would then hear you know, have a hearing and then make a recommendation whether or not it should be taken up by the full court. And and my guess is that probably will get filed sometime in January. Um, you know, and, and it'll be another thing to add into the equation. It's interesting if I could just digress for a second. The other side, the Democrats don't learn. That's what's fascinating to me. In 2016, when Donald Trump was running, um, and this was before he had taken hold. I mean, this is actually 2015 when this happened. There was, you know, and I know this because someone was there, there was this kind of get-together in the Hamptons in New York of some of the, what I would call, elite in the media, you know, publications, broadcasts, what have you, with a, a determined effort to try and discredit him and go after him on every single thing in every single case to build up all of this stuff so that he had no chance of winning. And it completely blew up in their face because they failed to recognize that he had an ability to get past them and communicate directly with people. That still exists. And so all of these efforts that they try and do on this really just backfires in their face. And if they were smart, they would just leave it alone. Let the people decide. If the Republican primary voters don't want Donald Trump to be their nominee, They'll vote for Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis or Chris Christie or, or Vivek. Um, my guess is that that's not going to happen. If the voters of this country don't want Donald Trump to be president, they'll vote for somebody else. And so you let the voters decide. You don't try and put your, your thumb or your, your finger on the scale of justice to try and create an imbalance there. When you do, it backfires and bites you in the butt. And, yeah. and that's what they should have learned in 2016, but I don't think they have. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be fascinating. And, and so, you know, um, here are the offices, there's a lot of folks who are working on campaigns. And I mean, and they're, that's, all, that's all they're focused on right now is, is a campaign work. I mean, they're, they've got Senate races, they've got congressional races and, and uh, state races, but 
you know, it's it's a uh, it's up and running right now for a lot of for all these folks. I mean, the ads are out there in the in the primary, in the early states, and so um, I mean, come January, this thing this thing goes into into overdrive, and I mean, it's just it's it's crazy that they that they would do this. Um, they it's politicizing you know the election itself from the, from the court, which is supposed to be, I mean. That's supposed to be the non the the absolutely non political branch of our office of, right. of, of branches of government and to do this and you're right they they have just they're going to supercharge his fundraising and um, and he goes out once again and he becomes the victim he becomes the murder, he becomes the victim again yeah. of a government that is so big that it, you know anyone who questions it they are gonna, they are going to they're going to try to succumb you know push you down. And uh, and it's a, it's that message he had before, and it's his message he's going to carry on right now, and it just, and it works. It's banana. And it works. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the you know. I mean, people forget the last election, and that's that's one of the things people need to remember. You know, as we go through this process and we talk about Joe Biden and his numbers and everything else, it, things change quickly in an election. I mean, in January of 2020, Donald Trump was not only going to win; he was going to win in a landslide. I mean, that's what all the polling showed. And and the reason for that was interest rates were below 2%, gas prices were a couple of bucks, you know, energy prices for your fuel oil to heat your home was down. We were energy independent. We were selling our energy to other countries instead of importing it. Um, you know, you went to the market and you didn't have to find your bag of chicken or your bag of steak wrapped in a little tag so somebody didn't steal it. When somebody went into a, a Nordstrom's and stole stuff, they were arrested and prosecuted. I mean, all of that. Um, and that's why he was so popular and we're heading to a landslide victory before COVID hit. Um, yeah. So anything can change the trajectory um, pretty quickly. And, and so that's probably gonna happen a couple of times along the way. But right now, all, the, all this court has done really is solidified the president's message about him being a victim, and it has supercharged his fundraising, and it has thrown the other candidates off their message because they now have to come to defend them. Right. Um, you know, I mean, you know, you've got Haley, you've got Chris Christie who can't stand the guy defending him. Um, you know, you've got the Vex saying, you know, hey, I, you know, I'm going to take my name off the ballot in Colorado and. You know, I mean, I think personally, if a moose was running against Vivek in Colorado, the moose would win. But, you know, so but that's just me. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's it's now all about him again. Yeah. And uh, and and the beat goes on. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see in January um, what whether the Supreme Court ends up taking this case. Um, which it's it's I mean everything we read it's showing that it that it uh, they are I mean they can't it's hard to ignore this um, it's hard to ignore it would be hard for them to ignore this thing and keep him off the ballot um, but if he's kept off the ballot in Colorado what does that mean overall I mean let's say he wins all forty nine other states or forty seven other states what does that mean it's just well it, it, what it practical you want the the political or the practical. The practical first. Well, the practical is that the Yucca Mountain nuclear waste site in Nevada will now be moved to Denver, Colorado. Yes. <laughs> That's the practical. <laughs> the, the political is that, you know, I, he, you know he's not going to, 
chances of him if he's winning Colorado in 2024, then you know he's at 350 electoral votes. I mean, yeah. Colorado is not a purple state anymore; it's a blue state. Um, and so, you know, if he's winning in Colorado, um, if he were to be looking at winning in Colorado, then you know the map is is going to be heavily red. Uh, you know, I think from a practical standpoint, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but the question would be, you'll have more lawsuits uh, because people who are running on the ballot, you know, especially on the Republican side of the ballot, you don't have a nominee for president. That's going to impact the ballot. So they would, have an, they would have a legal argument to say, your decision is impeding my ability to have a fair election running for governor or Senate or even state legislature because the top of my ticket is blank because of this court intervention. And so they would probably then file a lawsuit, I would think, to say that they're being harmed by the decision that this court is making. They may do that, again, I'm not a lawyer um, and I wear a Santa hat, but they may decide to do that in terms of all of the things that are filed with the Supreme Court when it gets there, which is to say, you know, Doing this to him, taking him off the ballot, has this impact on other people that takes away their rights to have right. a fair election. So if he's taking so, if he's taking off the ballot in the primary, he can't be on the ballot in the general then. No, it would be off the ballot completely. Yeah. It would be off the ballot completely. And and that would have a residual impact. Because the argument is not so much the primary, the argument is because of again, their interpretation of a legal insurrection, their interpretation of him contributing to that illegal insurrection disqualifies him from being a candidate. Period, yeah. end of story, whether it's the primary or the general. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absurd. But uh, we'll, we'll find out what happens with the uh, with the Supreme Court um, and what their decision is not to take on the case and at the same time, um, whether they try to expedite this because they're gonna, they're gonna have to move because the ballots are gonna have to get printed pretty soon. And Colorado's an all-male state, so, um, you know, basically it's kind of like, it's like California. They've been doing it longer than California has, where they send out ballots to everybody. So, um, yeah, they're going to have to, they're going to have, I, I would assume it would be expedited because, again, other states will be looking at this. You know, I'm sure New York will be looking at it. Illinois California's will be looking, looking at, at it, yeah. California's looking at it. Um, you know, again, any of those states, if he's playing in 2024, you know, it, it, then the election is over. He's he's won. But I would think places like Michigan, which has a, well, actually Michigan, the, the court there just ruled that he does get on the ballot. Okay. But I think a place like Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, which have two very liberal and very activist Supreme Courts um, would probably be two places that, I would be concerned that are battleground states that he would have to have to fight for. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens with it, Mike. Thanks. Thanks on this thing. So Merry Christmas.